Hello Patriots, welcome back to Survival Defense Tactics, helping you take care of yourself so others won't have to. Don't forget you can go to anchor.fm, sign up for listener support, your support helps keep the podcast going, and if you like YouTube, go to the same name, Survival Defense Tactics, you can hit like and subscribe. Today's topic is preppers, do's, and don'ts, things you should do and things you shouldn't do. This podcast goes hand in hand with the previous podcast I made titled OPSEC, which is short for Operational Security. Or in layman's terms, keep your business to yourself. Don't be spreading around what you have or what you're doing. It's nobody's business but yours. So I'm going to build on that with the do's and the don'ts. If you're minding your business and keeping your OPSEC just as tight as you can, keeping your information as hush-hush as you can, you have to be very aware of people fishing for information. Uh, these little turds I like to refer to as fish heads. they got to stick their nose in somebody else's business and try to find out what they have or what they're doing. And these are some of the most irritating people on the planet. When somebody is fishing for your information, you might be surprised and how close to home that could come from. And I don't mean fishing like on the internet. Like how credit card companies and your car's extended warranty and all that garbage goes. I'm referring to people that you think are your friends. And believe it or not, even family members. There are going to be those people that know you're a prepper. And they seem to think they need to know what you have. At the end of the day, it's none of their damn business. And I'm not going to apologize for my French. I'm very animate about this. You have to keep your prepping and survival gear and training and so on and so on as quiet as you possibly can. If you don't, you will find yourself with some very unwanted company down the road. If crap ever does hit the fan, and with the way this world's going, it looks like it's going to, You need to be as invisible as you possibly can as far as everybody looking to you to come save the day. Everybody looking to you to hand over some beans or some band-aids or whatever it is that uh, they're in need of that they didn't put back for themselves. But that's okay. They think that you have enough to go around and they will be a nuisance about it. Between now and then, the best thing you can do is keep your business private. And yes, by business, I'm referring to what you're doing as far as prepping and backstocking and so forth. That's nobody's business but your own. I can't stress that near enough. That does go back to the OPSEC podcast. If you haven't listened to it, please do. All right, next thing on the list here is training that you need to get done. I hate using the word training because for some reason it just goes synonymous with militia. And I'm not knocking anybody that's in a militia or runs a militia. If that's your business, great. But there are a hundred times as many prepper groups as there are militia groups. And like I said, I'm not knocking it. If you're in the militia environment and that's where you're happy and you're at home... Thank God. But there are a lot of people that don't want to be militant. They just want to be preppers and survivalists and put back for their family and friends and neighbors and and whatnot. Or maybe it's just put back for their family. But they don't 
anticipate the militant aspect of survival. And I'm not knocking either lifestyle. I'm not going to bolster either lifestyle to each his own. So if you have a training that you need to get done, and it could be, let's say that you just finished your basic first aid CPR course. You're not happy that that's not enough. You want to know more. So you do like I did, and you sign up for a basic EMT class, emergency medical technician class. Now, whether you intend to go into that field of work or not, bottom line is you want that knowledge. You want that skill set, which would better advance your family and or prepper group down the road medically. This class that you plan on doing, whatever this training is you are looking forward to doing in the near future, if it was me, I would not be telling everybody, oh yeah, by the way, I'm fixing to go uh, take a paramedic course. Because now you've made yourself even more valuable to the ill-prepared. And it can go one of two ways. You will be bombarded with the sick and the wounded because they have nobody else they know of that has that kind of training. Or two, you might find yourself having to do medical procedures on somebody to the best of your ability against your wishes that second scenario while it may sound far-fetched let's keep in mind we are talking about crap hitting the fan common people losing their ever-loving marbles and their common sense if they have any and being just desperate and desperate people will do really dumb shit at the end of the day preppers don't worry a whole lot about desperation from their end this is why they're prepping and putting stuff back now. That way they are not the desperate ones down the road. So if you have training that you're wanting to get done, please move forward with it. Sign up for whatever class it is you're going to sign up for, whether it's the local VOTEC, the local chapter of the American Red Cross, wherever it comes from, I don't care. Whatever the course is, I don't care. It's not my business. It's your business. Move forward with that and do whatever class or training it was that you planned on doing but also do your best to keep that information to yourself and it's not just medical it could be something as simple as a small engine repair so same scenario crap it's fan somebody knows that you have a degree in small engine repair and all of a sudden you find yourself being demanded to go fix so-and-so's uh, water well pump Maybe it's gas-powered and then something's not right and, well, you're going to do it or else type mentality. So, once again, you kind of make yourself a target by letting everybody know what you're capable of doing. Next, preps you need to finish or even start on. Now, let's pre pretend for a second that you're one of those ABC kind of guys. You're going to do every single thing you can for your food and your water. And focus on nothing but food and water until it's all stocked up, stored up, you're happy. You've got more than enough. Now it's time to work on medical. And then you're going to keep working on the medical supplies until that's stocked up and stored up. And then you're going to work on ammunition. If you're one of those kind of guys, you know, that that's your thing. That's great. I believe in buying a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and so on. And trying to build the entire gambit up. All at once now doing it my way which is many people's way you get a good idea for what you need 
as far as your family size goes compared to what you actually have on hand and you kind of know where to throw a few extra dollars here and there to build certain things up so do your preps the way you see fit yet again keep that information to yourself you don't want everybody knowing that you've got enough food to feed an army for six months that's nobody's business but your own or you have enough ammunition and firearms to retake Panama I mean just stuff like that is nobody's business but your own do not let that type of information get out you don't want that heat on you down the road next on the list if you plan on teaching others one don't make promises you can't keep I say this respectfully as I can sincerely as I can without trying to be rude if you plan on being one of the educators in your prepper family, and by prepper family, I don't just mean blood and DNA relation. I'm talking about brothers from another mother, like my prepper family. If you can teach, teach. But in doing so, you don't have to give solid examples of why. And I'll give you a good example. Uh, I love teaching people how to garden. Garden is very relaxing it's also very rewarding henceforth food on the table so on so on and with that comes how do you can your vegetables how do you preserve them for a later date so I can teach this class without saying and by the way I now have 87 tons of frozen corn and 300 metric tons of green beans you can teach the class without having to give up information you don't want to give up teaching is one thing sharing is another so let's make sure that if we're going to teach we teach we don't give away too much information and then like i said if you're going to teach on a subject please make sure that you know that subject it's it's hard to take anybody serious when they only know half of their information or, or even worse than that they barely know any information I'm not saying you have to be an expert in the field that you intend to teach on. Every little bit of knowledge you pass along is going to be helpful and beneficial if you do it right. If you do it wrong, you become the untrustworthy, for lack of a better word, village idiot that nobody trusts and nobody's going to take serious. So know the subject you plan on teaching. Teach it. If you don't know the subject, please be prepared to learn from somebody that does. Have an open mind to this. All right. If you're planning on community involvement, like Emergency Operations Center or maybe a neighborhood watch, you can dedicate time to this if you have the time. You can dedicate time and knowledge to these respective community projects. And you can still do so without giving up information about your preps. Uh, EOC, Emergency Operations Centers, that's really great. Here in the great state of Oklahoma, a few years back we had a nasty, nasty ice storm and it lasted for weeks. People were without power for weeks. The American Red Cross showed up and started handing out MREs. Now this is great for a lot of people because, well, meal ready to eat is exactly that. You take it out of the bag, you open the pouch, you stick a fork in it, and you go to eat. No heating required, no cooking, no nothing, no freezing. Just open the bag and, and get to eating. Plenty of calories, plenty of carbs. 
will sustain life. It usually tastes like cardboard or crap, but yeah, it does sustain you nutritiously. When they handed out the MREs, they did so for people that were basically in all-electric homes or people that were in, you know, split gas and electric, but maybe their main source of cooking was electric. So making it very, very difficult for them to prepare meals during the ice storm, the American Red Cross decided we're going to hand out these MREs and this will help people get through, which it did. If you are one of the people assisting the Red Cross or the EOC, you can still help your community and keep your information to yourself. Please don't go around bragging. If you go around bragging, you paint yourself as a target. This is going to be trouble down the road you don't want. I promise you it will come back on you. Do not give up that information. Pitfalls of bragging. The bad thing about bragging, and there are several sides to look at when you look at bragging. To me, bragging is a sign of arrogance. The other side of bragging is ignorance. So if you truly do have enough army, enough food to feed an army, I apologize, enough food to feed an army for six months, and you're letting everybody in the neighborhood know about it, well, you're stupid. Nobody needs to know that you have that much food on hand. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to be the grocery section at Walmart when crap hits the fan. You've already been bragging about you've got all this food. Where do you think everybody's going to be going to get their food? They're going to be coming to see you. And all of a sudden, all this food you thought you had and you was all proud of is gone. Now what do you do? How are you going to feed yourself and your family? How is that going to affect you? Well, it's not going to affect you in a good way. So if you're bragging and you actually have the material to back up what you're bragging, I think you've made the world's biggest mistake. I truly do. You do not let people know that you've got tons of food because everybody eats. And when starvation kicks in, they're going to remember your name. The other side of bragging that is ignorance, stupidity. Let's pretend, for example, that you've been bragging about having enough food to feed an army for six months, and in all reality, you've got enough food to feed you and your family for two weeks. For whatever reason, your false bravado to make yourself elevated in stature, and that's the only thing I can guess that that would be, to make yourself sound bigger and better than what you actually are, that still paints target on you. Now imagine how mad people are going to be when they get hungry. They come to your house deciding they're going to alleviate you of some of your food that you don't have well a little bit of punishment might be due and from hungry people that are desperate i can see a punishment coming either way if you are bragging about your preps whether you actually physically have it or you don't and want everybody to think you do you have made a grave grave mistake you have made a mistake that, as far as I'm concerned, is unforgivable. And you will pay for it down the road. The next thing, do's and don'ts. The last topic I have is leadership quality. Now, this is going to be a fun one because there are so many people that naturally think they are born to lead. It is their job to lead. And despite whoever else and whatever other qualifications somebody has... They're entitled to the leadership position. 
you got to be very careful about this. Leadership is a very good quality in some people, not in all people. I'll tell you a funny story. Years ago, I actually founded Survival Defense Tactics. It, it was my idea. I kind of sort of built it from the ground up. It's not a major big thing. I mean, you're not going to hear about us on the news. We're not in Forbes. You know, it's, it's a prepper group. As it began to grow, we started bringing in a lot of good people. People that were knowledgeable about preps, and they were educators. Educators in their own right, and I'll give you a good example. We have a, a, a trusted member of the group, lives up near the city. I'm not going to tell you his name. I'm not going to tell you where he lives, but he lives up somewhere by the city. He is not only our group pastor, but he is also our hunting and fishing instructor. The guy has tons and tons of knowledge about hunting and fishing. And the fact that he is spiritual just makes it even that much better. He takes on two roles as opposed to one. He is the spiritual leader of the group, and he is one of our instructors. There is probably no question that you could ask him about hunting or fishing that he wouldn't be able to answer. By him being one of the other instructors, that alleviates me from having to do all of it. And plus, I, I fully believe that this young man knows probably way more about hunting and fishing than I do. And I very much consider myself to be an avid hunter or fisherman. For a couple of years, I was the group lead medic. And my only knowledge was I took a VOTEC course in basic emergency medical technician. I scored very well on my test and my exams. Uh, I knew the material, I still know the material, and that knowledge is what I wanted. That knowledge is what I have. A little while back, we brought on a new member, he and his wife. His wife used to teach paramedics how to do their job. If you don't know the difference between an EMT and a paramedic, a paramedic is basically like a doctor, per se. Not exactly, but definitely higher up the food chain than a basic EMT. Now, basic EMTs aren't stupid by any means, but paramedic knowledge is so, so much more than a basic EMT. We're talking about encyclopedia worth more knowledge and more skill and so on and so on. When I found out that his wife was an instructor for paramedics, I asked her to take on the lead role as our medical trainer. She gladly agreed, and I am very happy about that. Not because I don't like having responsibility of doing things, but I understand that as a basic EMT, my medical training is limited, especially when compared to her. So she agreed to take over the medical training aspect of it, and I gladly gave it to her. This is an area where leadership was fine while I had it as a basic EMT. It only got better when I gave that leadership responsibility over to her, and she gladly jumped on it. So I can relinquish that leadership ability to somebody that's more capable of leading in that area. That's just one good example. You could be a leader of your prepper family. You truly can. And if you're qualified to lead them and do what needs to be done, 
more power to you. I support you 100%. I'll pat you on the back if I ever meet you. On the flip side of that coin, if you're like I am, I consider myself to be a founder. <coughs> Excuse me. I founded the group. I don't consider myself to be the leader of the group. We have many leaders in this group, and every single one of them specialize in something different. For example, like I said, we have a hunting and fishing instructor. We have a medical instructor. We have a ham radio guy. His knowledge of ham radios just blows my mind. Every time I talk to him, he's, he's just a sponge when it comes to ham radios. He, as far as I'm concerned, he probably knows everything. He would argue and say he didn't, but compared to me, he does. Therefore, he's our radio guy. He's our radio instructor. Leadership is for those who can lead. If I am still, by many members of our, our group, I am still considered a leader, and that's fine. But please keep in mind, I relinquish whatever leadership ability I have to those who have more knowledge on that subject. And I gladly do it because I'm not going to short sheet anybody in my group thinking that I know everything when I know for a fact I don't. If we take on a new member and they know more about a specific topic than I do, then I will approach them and ask them to take on the responsibility as the lead instructor for that particular field. This is back to what I say about I consider myself to be a founder and not a leader. I may have put the group together and helped it to grow, but every single member we have has helped it grow. Not just in numbers of people, but in skills and practical application and just general prepping knowledge. If you can lead, <clears throat> lead. If you need to step aside and let somebody else lead while you learn, Please be man enough to do that. There is no shame in learning from somebody that knows more than you do. In doing so, you prove to the group you're a member of the group. You're not king dingling. You're not the almighty know-all be-all. You're an actual participating member. You would be amazed at the amount of respect you will get from other members of the group. If you have the ability to humble yourself, as I have, and accept the fact that you don't know everything, I'll promise you, I don't. I do not know it all. And anybody that says they know every single thing there is to know about prepping, well, I'm happy for you. As far as I'm concerned, I'm at the ripe old age of 50, and I am still a student. And I intend to remain a student until the day I meet my maker. By keeping myself humble, I don't have to worry about being arrogant. I don't have to worry about being arrogant. I don't have to worry as much about making stupid mistakes. I think that is the mark of a true, true leader, knowing when to step aside for somebody else to take the lead and being able to step up when you are the authority figure, when you are the one that knows that particular subject. If you know that subject and you know you can teach it and you know people will benefit from it, lead in that aspect if you don't be man enough to step aside and let the real leader of that topic step in and take over and teach
as always thanks for listening stay safe god bless